0: Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot... Alex Murdoch is going to join the pantheon of famous American murders because it is a quintessential American tale of, you know, greed, there's sex there, there's drugs, there's this southern legal dynasty that is is now
1: in tatters. I'm Nicola Tallent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs, and the sins of the underworld, in Ireland and across the globe. Shamed attorney Alex Murdoch is beginning two life sentences behind bars in the US after being found guilty of the murder of his wife Maggie and son Paul. But while preparing to appeal that verdict, he's also facing an avalanche of further investigations into fraud, deceit and two suspicious deaths. The wealthy heir to a legal dynasty in South Carolina denied the murders but state prosecutors say he killed his family to deflect from a massive financial probe into millions of dollars of missing money, compensation rewards and insurance scams. The opiate-addicted Murdo insisted that he was visiting his mother when his wife and son were brutally killed at the family hunting lodge in 2021, but a phone and a social media video placed him at the scene instead. After a sensational trial, he now faces Trial by Media as a collection of alleged victims of sexual assaults, financial impropriety and violent attacks line up to tell their stories. Just like Harvey Weinstein, Ghislaine Maxwell and Bill Cosby, he's gone from the privileged lifestyle of the rich and famous to a prison cell where he has to do porridge like a common criminal. Today, I'm talking to journalist Brad Hunter about the fall of Alex Murdoch and the scandals that are just beginning to emerge about his secret life. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Do you know anything about the conditions in which Alex Murdoch is now facing the rest of his life in jail? And I think in the States, when the judge says the rest of your natural life, it actually means that. That's
0: correct. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it means. He'll he'll have a very tough regimen. Prisons in the US South uh, tend to be uh, significantly harsher, uh, you know, with with conditions that wouldn't be on par with prisons necessarily in the north, and it's a state prison as well. Uh, Oftentimes, uh, crooks uh, will deal to get sent to a federal penitentiary rather than a state penitentiary because the conditions are much better, the food is generally better. That's unless, of course, you joined terrorists in El Chapo at uh, Supermax in Colorado.
1: Yeah, there seems to have been some suggestion that some of the, the tapes, some of the conversations he's had with family over the past while has been as he's been awaiting trial Uh, have leaked out and that he's talking about rotting away in this prison, that he's horrified by the conditions. He was at one point afraid of getting COVID. And I think a couple of the other inmates did some nasty things to him. He's a fish out of water, surely, Brad, in this system. He's a wealthy lawyer, a privileged guy who's come a cropper.
0: Well, yes, and, and I think that's one of the parts of the fascination with the case, as well, is is the class angle because you know you, it is you know the joy of uh, somebody spark more clever than I once said it's the joy of every man to see the mighty made common. Now, in this prison in South Carolina, there's going to be people that know him, that may have been screwed by him at some point or or the other. And, uh, you know, these times when it's tougher for the average person to get by, you know, between, you know, inflation and taxes and just a lack of uh, uh, mobility... Uh, you know, seeing this guy behind bars is sweet indeed, and I can't see him possibly having an easy ride. Uh, You know, he's going to have to find an awful lot of money and make an awful lot of friends very quickly to survive this ordeal. I mean, uh, you know, I don't... He's a troubled man, obviously, but I don't know whether a guy like that can survive, uh, you know, the decades and decades in prison. I mean, you know, a uh, former uh, friend of mine who did 35 years in the joint, he, uh, you know, the, the one big penitentiary in Canada he was in looks out onto the water. It's a lovely view. And he said, no, I wanted to be in an inside cell. I didn't want to know what was out there. You know, that, you know, I, it, it's, you know, he said, if you see what's out there, it'll drive you insane. So, uh, yeah, Alex Murdoch's not not, not going to have a good time in prison.
1: No, definitely not. Um, uh, now, the, one of the first thing he says, and I think anybody who gets a life sentence, I suppose they cling to the hope of the appeal for a period of time. And his lawyers immediately stood up and said they would be appealing this verdict. Um, and... You know, given that the evidence was totally circumstantial in this case, they are going to probably be able to put up a robust appeal. Um, We'll just get on to that now because there's been time for the dust to settle in the US since this verdict came in, since he was found guilty of the murder of his wife, Maggie, a 52 year old, and his son, Paul, who was only 22. Um, And I think the judge did remark in particular. On the fact that he'd killed his son, somebody he'd lo- he must have loved, and uh, then he he quipped that obviously Alex Murdo loved himself more than he did anyone, including his own son. but there was no witnesses to this crime, and no forensic evidence tying him to it. So take us back to June seventh, 2021 at the family's hunting lodge in south carolina and and what happened there.
0: Well, hunting lodge is, uh, you know, uh, a charming term for what was a, a palatial mansion on 1,800 acres. Uh, but, but uh, you know, he, his cell phone, you know, there, there's things you just can't get away with anymore. If you're going to go kill somebody, Nicola, leave your cell phone at home, okay? Uh, yeah, and, and I will.
1: Actually, I will. Now, I've thought about that for a long time. <laughs> you know, I know. I one of the one of the first major murder trials that was kind of really caught the captured. Well, maybe not the first, but one of them that captured the uh, imagination of everybody here in Ireland was a guy called Joe O'Reilly who'd killed his wife Rachel, and he had left his office and gone home. Uh, staged a kind of a break-in and made his way back to his office. And I remember in the aftermath of it talking to one of the senior detectives, and that's exactly what he said. This was the first time, actually, cell phone masks had been used to connect anybody to a murder. So he could be forgiven for not realising that the phone would would connect him. But Murdoch surely knew to leave the phone at home.
0: Well, you know, the thing is, is that he was gunned to the eyeballs on opioids too, right? And that, that's, that's not necessarily uh, uh, a recipe for uh, sensible decision making. But, you know, he was at the house. He said he came upon the, uh, the, the bodies there. But the, the phone, his phone showed him there, you know, at the time of, of the murder. Uh, murders and uh, uh, so I mean, that was a, a bunch of things. Did he have a motive? The motive was to cover it up. You're quite right about a lot of it being uh circumstantial, but there were some blood specks on his pants and whatnot, in which you know, I, I suppose you can say, I've come upon my murdered wife. And blown it off, I, I mean another question is, and this is goes to their influence the family 's influence in that tiny corner of South Carolina as well is the that surely you know this is an endorsement or uh, um, or a call for abolition either way, but the point is is that you know why wasn 't this a death penalty case because you know the, the death penalty you know, calls for extenuating circumstances, you know, murder in the commission of uh, another crime, like a robbery or a sexual assault or something like that. And this was, you know, a murder, now that he's been convicted, a murder uh, that, you know, that was in connection. There was another motive behind the murder. It wasn't him getting mad at Maggie on a Friday night after he had a load on or something like that. It was you know, uh, uh, diabolical. It was a a planned execution uh, of of his wife and his child. So it, you know, that alone qualifies it for the death penalty. Maybe that was his final, uh, the final gift from the system, uh, a very corrupt system in that corner of South Carolina.
1: It's so alien for us here to talk about the death penalty because we, I can't remember when we, Would have last had it certainly. I think you guys had it in maybe
0: maybe the fifties. Sometime I think. Yeah, Uh, I I think I I, looked it up. Yeah, long time ago. I mean, long long time ago.
1: But interesting, you should talk about those those details uh, of you know the motive because of course he was at this hunting lodge. The wife Maggie came to visit. They had separated, or they were you know apart, and she came to visit because his. Alex Murdaugh's own mother was elderly, she was unwell, dying, and she was to go to kind of give him support. The son Paul was there. I think Maggie and Paul went down towards these kennels. And um Murdoch said he didn't go near those kennels, didn't he? Until a Snapchat video was found. <laughs> well, well, that's it. He was he was tripped up. Uh on any number
0: of uh, uh, of matters, there was the Snapchat video on it with his son. There was conversations. There was again the cell phone that put him right there. Mm-hmm. The, you know, you know, the the nonsense of you know discovering this horse horrific scene. And I mean, you see that. You see the pattern of that with Alex Murdoch all all along. And this is somebody who's gotten away with everything his, his whole life, and you know, just being places he shouldn't be. But because his family held that kind of sway in their their town or county or whatever, he's there. He's at the hospital after Paul's drunken boat crash, uh, and along with his father, basically greasing the wheels for what you know is a cover up and he's always gotten away with it and and I think that's part of the reason he was so stupid he just probably naturally assumed that he was going to get away with it but because of you know partly because of you know media attention the you know it, it you know I remember when it happened spotting it and thinking to myself oh this story has a lot of elements you know, the William Faulkner Southern Gothic sort of thing. And uh, and uh, I wasn't, of course, the only one who thought that.
1: Mm. So the, um, the crime scene, I think, wasn't supposed to be properly kept, or at least that's what his defense put forward to the court. Um, the sister encouraged Maggie to go and not Alex himself. There was a couple of things maybe if you'd call it in his favour that were brought in because all of this was circumstantial, he had a counter story, of course, which he claimed was the truth. He claimed that that night at the hunting lodge that he went, that day at the hunting lodge, that he went to see his mother, that he wasn't there at the time, that he returned to find their bodies. Now, no other suspect was ever identified by the police um, and no witnesses saw strange cars speeding off in the area or anything else. Um but at the same time, he, uh, he was giving this story. He seems to have totally screwed up when he, let, he, he, he stepped in and stopped letting the lawyers give his side of, the, of the, uh, the, the, the case. He gave evidence, and that seems to be what completely and utterly maybe turned the jury against him.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I, I was very surprised, Nicola, that, that, uh, that they let him actually testify, uh I, you know and for the reasons that you know it was so quickly done and dusted was that uh, you know you know if your client's guilty you just don't put, <laughs> you don't put them on the on the witness stand and uh, you know I don't you know I, as you do I know lots of defense lawyers that would have been uh, you know mortified that, that he took the stand That's because the guy's clearly a screw up and, and, you know, he, he couldn't keep his stories straight all along. And, you know, these fanciful flights and fibs and, you know, which, which you know, in, in and of themselves, a lot of them uh, were nothing burgers. But, you know, taken in totality, they become a, a stinging
1: indictment of Alex Murdoch. And in a way, maybe it was his arrogance that brought him into the witness stand and his ongoing belief that he could get away with things and that everything he said was believable because there was a long, and, and I think that financial investigation in the background will continue as regards what money he siphoned off over, over his time as a attorney himself, a, a, a injuries, um, case attorney. But he, it, it, it appears that sometimes I think people who get into witness stands, defendants, they're ill advised, or they're not advised to do it, but they just go ahead anyway.
0: Yeah, no, and, and that's that's exactly it. And you know, I mean, he's paying the bills. If he, you know, if he insisted, then they would have had to let him, uh, let him, uh, let him testify on his own behalf, and. It boggles it boggles the mind. And, I mean, part of the thing is as well is that he's not likable. That's why so many people are interested. They look at that family and they think these people aren't likable. And the more they read and the more they know about this case, the less likable they seem. And, and mm-hmm. you know, this guy's like a fat, rich, pasty, good old boy, uh, back slapper, uh, you know, who... It was pretty much everything to you know his ancestors' cleverness and uh, and whatnot and the corrupt system, but you know the, his hubris was was <laughs>
1: staggering. And what's the feeling there since the verdict, uh, which was last week, the guilty verdict? Was that expected or is it a shock?
0: I think on one hand, I don't I don't know how it couldn't have been a conviction, but on the other hand, you know, you get into those places and corners, and because of the, the the way the U.S. judicial system works is that, you know, I mean, you know, a judge is elected, a district attorney is elected, uh, elected, so you think, you know, when you're dealing on that level, that there's an opening for corruption, and, you know, I mean, the judge knew Alex Murdoch. The prosecutor knew Alex Murdoch. No doubt, members of the jury knew Alex Murdoch. And, and so I was still, I was, there was an element that I was surprised at the conviction, even though I thought he was guilty. Uh, just because, you know, in so- certain corners, weird things can happen in the justice system.
1: We never quite expect the mighty to fall, really, no matter what is they're they're facing. so what next, uh as regards the investigation into what went on and the run up to the 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 murder of Maggie and Paul, because of course, it is the motive put forward by the state is that he was up to his oxters in debt, and he had robbed from Peter to pay Paul, and he was in a financial mess, and in order to sort of garner sympathy and maybe for people to park their their nosiness into his finances that he 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 killed his own family
0: well yeah and that was i mean you know yourself the which was a fallacy on his part because murder trumps everything right and and that uh you know homicide detectives will tell you tell the biggest drug dealer in town i don't care you know who killed him uh and uh Uh, But, yeah, I think what next is, I mean, I wrote in a a column in the Toronto Sun today that I think Alex Murdoch is going to join the the, the pantheon of famous American murders because it is a quintessential American tale of, you know, greed, there's sex there, there's drugs, there's, you know, and, and there's this southern legal dynasty that is is now in tatters. And in my column today, I kind of compared it to, like, you know, uh, the, the Night Stalker, John Wayne Gacy. Now, obviously, uh, Alex Murdoch doesn't have the body count, but his crimes have captured the public's imagination. And, and I mean, you know, I, I wrote the Gacy book a couple years ago, and, you know, I was staggered by how much new there was, you know, in it that t- to be explored. So this is one of those crimes, I think, with legs. and you know, first of all, they are, I mean, almost to the day that he Alex uh, Murdoch was arrested, they be cold case detectives down in uh, South Carolina reopened uh, the death uh, deaths of both his housekeeper who mysteriously fell at his home and here. Children were essentially built out of $2 million in insurance policies. Uh, then there's the boy, uh, the or teenager, Stephen Smith, who was a gay kid. He was 19. He was a friend of uh, the surviving son, Buster Murdoch's. And uh, he was found dead on the middle of the road right by the Murdoch's uh, property. Now the cops... Uh, Said he was. The coroner said he was shot. The cops said no. He was a victim of a hit and run. But they are looking at that, and I think that the, the layers to be peeled back here are are staggering. And, and you know he also he also faces with the financial crimes. You know, like one of those classic American sentences of like seven hundred years in prison or or some such thing. So I mean, he he, yeah, he is screwed. He is screwed. It doesn't matter if he ever wiggled out of the double murder of his uh, estranged wife and son. He he would still never get out because of of the, the mountain. Like it's so egregious, you know, that uh, he would never be let out.
1: So in other words, we're talking about, uh, you know, series on Netflix or whoever buys it up. We're talking about you know, possibly the dramatisation of his life. We're talking about books, etc. All that goes with these cases in America. And of course, you know, in a lot of prison systems, you can actually get in as a media and speak to, you know, a a convict, which obviously doesn't happen on this side of the pond. But you think that there's layers more, there's other stuff that he may be connected with, he may be facing more trials. We may be just beginning to hear and beginning to understand about Alex Murdoch and the true person that lay underneath that veneer of total respectability?
0: Well, absolutely. A story broke here yesterday about a woman who uh, um, was, uh, she was a, a sex worker and she had gone, Alex Murdoch and his pals were having a hunting or fishing party at some lodge or whatnot. And the understanding was is that the women there were to have sex with these wealthy men and whatnot. And the one woman, uh, she, uh, you know, she talked about her encounter with Alex Murdoch, and he was up to his eyeballs in Coke and other drugs and said, basically, his, he had eyes like a shark, and he attacked her. Now, uh, uh, he, he sexually attacked her, and so and he was very brutal. And so what happens is, as a her madame is a friend of Alex Murdoch's and says, you got to go back and make this right with Alex Murdoch. Well, you know, he, he, you know, spanks her for like 30 minutes and is very brutal and pulling her hair and stuffing a dish rag into her mouth and, you know, just heinous sort of stuff. And, and I think that goes to his character as well, that, that, you know, he, you know, he's a monster. You know, and and I don't I don't think the story is over by a long shot, Nicola.
1: Doesn't sound like it. What about your mate, the the guy who spent thirty five years in Canada in prison? Is he out? Is he still there? Oh yeah, yeah, he's been
0: out. He's been out, and he's off parole. Uh, he uh, he, uh, you know, he he was one of these guys that does it on the installment plan, right? You know, a robbery here, a hijacking there. And and it adds up. Now the last time, this is interesting. It's funny. The last time he went in, and he there was a, a pedo touching up kids, including one of his nephews, and he took him to the woods and put a drill through his knee, uh, you know, severely impairing his future ability to walk. And uh, so, so the pedophile who gets convicted of all these pedophile charges, he gets weekends, and my mate got 14 years. But, uh, but, but he, he provides, he's an interesting guy, he provides very good insight into the criminal mind as well. I mean, you know, he once told me that he ended up, you know, he went to one of these brutal boys' schools as well, which, you know, as we now know, you know, are like you know, uh, uh, undergrads for uh, criminality, and and uh, you know, he said, you know, he said, I hated the world, I hated everybody in it, most of all, I hated myself, you know, and I, but he's at, he's at peace now, uh, you know, he uh, smokes his dope and reads and watches TV, watches TV, and never lost the habit of doing the one color puzzle. While well, he was in the joint where there's no picture. It's just red or, or whatever, so.
1: But, and he's, um, like, is he vowing never to go back in? I personally, like, I mean, the idea of being Alex Murdo and facing the rest of my life in prison would be, I mean, I would rather just go out now than, than do that. The idea of the loss of freedom is just so awful to me.
0: Well, it, and he's been out so long now that it's it's horrifying uh, for him, that that idea. And his way from so many people avoids, <laughs> you know, he avoids, you know, saying hello to people on the streets, even though he's done his parole and, you know, he, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't owe anybody a thing. But he just doesn't want to be around that uh, at all. And, uh, no, he has no intent. You know, he's 66 years old, too. Who wants to... Who wants to go back to prison at sixty six right but that's what murdoch faces is is you know I, you know as as my mate said, you know that even a short sentence you can do it when you're younger, when you get older, i mean you just don't want you just don't want to be anywhere near that place, you know some young nutter decides to take a shot. No, no
1: normal person surely would, but I mean, I suppose really with, with Murdo, there's a whiff of Galen Maxwell for just, I suppose, for the privilege and the idea of this, you know, the fall from grace being so massive and the idea that somebody who was so wealthy they could go and do anything they wanted, being now locked up in a cell and being forced to eat whatever the prison grub is as opposed to their oysters and caviar. It's... Um, It just seems like a particularly, you know, it would be fascinating to kind of be a fly in the wall, wouldn't it? And see how Murdoch gets gets on or gets on with others and how he...
0: It would make for great reality TV, I think. But uh, but I think part of the thing is, is it's one of those situations about, uh, you know, with the U.S. justice system is that it's almost like uh, Maxwell and Weinstein and, uh, and Murdoch and, and Bill Cosby are like a corrective to, to saying, no, these people are going to get, you know, crucified too. It doesn't matter who they are, what they do, who they know, that, that you know, they are going to, to pay the piper. And, I, you know, in my mind's eye, that's reassuring because, you know, we've all seen, you know, billionaires walk out of court, <laughs> <laughs> you know, into the fresh sunshine.
1: Yeah, it certainly um is is there seems to be an awful lot of them actually these days that are um, maybe it's maybe it's always the same, but it just feels as if there's a huge amount of very um once very powerful people who are now ending up behind bars like a common criminal. Well and but at the end of the day that's exactly what they are as common
0: criminals. They're no better, no worse than the new dad who steals baby formula for his pregnant wife because they're too poor to afford it. In fact, I'm more likely to give that guy a break.
1: Brad Hunter, thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Nicola. You take care of yourself now. Lovely chirping, as always.
1: You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe.